This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. Hey, guys, Bobby here. Thank you for being subscribed to the BobbyCast. We just appreciate it. This thing has grown so much and just appreciate you, obviously. So we have a new football podcast called 25 Whistles. And the reason is, is because we're doing 25 episodes and then it's just going to die. And isn't that just a metaphor for life? We live, we love, and then we die. It's kind of sad, but that's what's happening here. 25 Whistles, we're talking college football, NFL. And so this is an episode that, this was our starter episode. And, and the goal is in like five episodes to be embarrassed of this episode because it was so bad compared to what we're doing now. But we're very proud of it. And mostly, if you like it, Go and subscribe and follow our podcast. I think it's the only ever limited sports podcast that's focused on current sports. Uh, So Dan Patrick is a guest. We're very excited he came on. Just didn't expect to get somebody so awesome in the first episode. Also, the Arkansas head football coach, Sam Pittman. And even if you hate Arkansas and you've heard me talk about it so much, you're like, please stab me in the ear. We don't really talk about Arkansas football that much, do we, Mike? It's mostly like being an SEC coach and the challenges. Behind the scenes stuff, yeah. Yeah, and, and what it's like to be married and your wife has to go, well, it's football season, so way less balance now. Stuff like that. Yeah. So I hope you listen to this. And if you like it, go subscribe to 25 Whistles on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, just search 25 Whistles, the number two five whistles. And I mean, we got two episodes up now and I hope you listen to it. And it's weird. People are like, well, I didn't know you did sports. I'm out of retirement. I got called back in. Back in it. Back in. I did a national uh, sports show on Fox Sports Radio for many years. Covered the draft for ABC and ESPN. And it's just generally my my obsession and hobby. And you're not going to hear us breaking down coverages in this podcast. It's just hopefully the stuff that you want to hear your friends talking about sports. All right, that's what's up. And we're going to do it till the Super Bowl. But here is episode one with Dan Patrick and all of us here in 25 Whistles. This is a podcast. 25 whistles talking football and they all wear a whistle yeah it's stupid but what did you expect it's a podcast called 25 whistles, 25 whistles. what up everybody we, 
we actually are wearing whistles, and we'll get to that in a second. But whoever has the best show today gets to blow the whistle at the end. Oh. It's the, it's the reward oh. for winning, doing the best job. If you overplay, though, we'll take your whistle away for next game. Oh. That's quite the reward. Yeah, it's a big one. It's, it, only one person gets to blow the whistle <laughs> so at <dumb>. the end. <laughs> Uh, what's happening, everybody? So what we're going to do here is we're going to do our, our warm-ups, just like in a game. Uh, I'm going to give you a warm-up question. We'll go around the room. We'll introduce you. This is how we get to know each other. Oh, boy. So we'll, we'll go around the room. First up, uh, the question will be, who was your favorite football player as a kid? So think about that for a second. Your favorite player as a kid. Uh, first up, Adam Hambrick. Adam, your favorite football player as a child? Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith. Are you a Cowboys Easy. guy? I grew up a Cowboys fan. Yeah, you know the deal. There's the Cowboys get the traditional TV coverage in Arkansas, and that's who was on, and that's who my dad was a fan of. And so I was, I got duped into being a Cowboys fan when they were winning all those Super Bowls in the '90s. Uh, Eddie, uh, Joe Montana. So before Wait, I was, you're a, a Cowboys. fan. I know. Hear me wow. out. Before <laughs> I was a Cowboys fan, I was the 49ers fan, obviously, because Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and all those dudes were just dominating. And then once Jer- uh, Joe Montana went to the Chiefs, retired, blah blah. blah I was like, I need a team. And so my mom was really into the Cowboys. Obviously, I'm from South Texas. Let's go Cowboys. And we started winning. That's my team now. But I, you can't really change teams. Well, you, I, you're not as I, – I literally thought you were a much, like, deeper Cowboys fan. Yeah, I feel borderline betrayed. Bro, listen. You can't trade teams. Listen, when you're a kid, you like who you like. And at that time, it's just whoever's winning. No, no, I get it. I don't have a team. Like, can you imagine? I can't imagine me a 49ers fan still. Like, that that's ridiculous. I'm not from California. <laughs> you're from like, Texas, but I'm surprised you just weren't as a kid. I guess no. that's what I'm saying. Mm-mm. Are there any diehard Texans fans? <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, like, unless you, like, live there and you're, like, soup. You know, that would be... I remember as a kid. kid. A kid maybe a Texans fan because they grew up there. I remember as a kid there were a lot of Oilers. Like, it was split. Cowboys, Oilers, and Cowboys weren't... I mean, Staubach, those were great days for them. But I think o- there were more Oilers fans. When Texans took over, I mean, I didn't know anybody. Uh, kickoff, Kevin, your favorite uh, football player as a kid? As a kid, um, well, the easy one would be Tom Brady, but he's still playing. So I'll go with Randy Moss. How, how old That's are That's crazy. You? He's how a child. I was nine when Brady started How do you playing? have such a beard and big muscles? How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> I hit puberty at a young age. <laughs> how, no, how, are you, do you not share, does he not thir- share his age? No, I'm 31. That's all? Yeah. He Dang. said Tom Brady. Do you think I was older? I thought you were like the oil fields for like 20 years. <laughs> is that a good thing or a bad that's thing a good that thing. I look older? Yeah, okay. that's a good thing. Uh, he's uh, like Saquon Barkley. I was like, wait, <laughs> what? As a kid? It's like uh, Joe Burrow, maybe? <laughs> uh, Mike D, favorite football player as a kid? Troy Eggman. Mm. Okay, that's a good one. How old are you, Mike? 31. There we go. It, there's like a generation difference, though, in your favorite players, though. I guess Tom Brady, the first part of Tom Brady. Yeah, like the early. But like I said, I, the first player I remember liking was Randy Moss. Dear God, we have three yeah. Cowboys fans here. Ugh. Yeah. It's a Cowboys show. Welcome to the Cowboys Club. Uh, mine is Boomer Esiason Ooh. because when I was a kid, he was the only left-handed quarterback that I really liked. And, and the 49ers were winning, so I didn't go with Steve Young. And Joe Montana was hit early in my early days. Mm-hmm. And then when Steve Young became the quarterback and he was left-handed, I don't like a winner. I like somebody that's a loser that becomes a winner. Yeah. So I was a big Cincinnati Bengals fan. I remember watching them get beat by the 49ers and being so sad. I yeah. cried. I cried. It was, it, was, it was awful. But Boomer Esiason, he was my inspiration until like seventh grade when I wasn't quarterback anymore. And he also like went to the Jets and it was a whole weird thing. So then, <laughs> But I don't have a team. I don't have an NFL team. I like a lot of the NFL teams. I hate a few NFL teams, mostly just the Cowboys. But <laughs> That's ridiculous. And I don't even hate For them no as much. reason. But I don't even hate them as much. I hated a winner. Yeah. So That's I hated fair. the Cowboys all throughout the you know mid to late '90s. Well, you should love us now, then. Well, yeah, exactly. yes, you're big losers, <laughs> right? yeah. but you guys are so annoying. So yeah. I, you you say annoying, I say we're very you're passionate, hopeful. But yeah, uh, it's a passion hope. 
Is it every delusional? Every start of the year, we're like, this is it. This is our year, baby. I can appreciate that. I don't, I like that about you, but I can respect and also hate the passion. Hey, is it too late for you to come up with a favorite NFL team? Like, Um, I have a couple friends that play, and that makes it weird. We we should take some tweets and like get people to to recruit you for their teams. No, no, I don't give a crap. I'm good (laughs) watching. I watch fantasy. I'll root for the Titans because they're close, and I know some people over there. Uh, I'll follow Arkansas players like Traylon Burks of the Titans. I'll keep up with that. Uh, So, okay, second question. Name a dumb sports mascot. All right, name a dumb sports mascot. Warm-up question. Uh, Eddie says he's in. Go. Um, Blue Devils. Okay, the Duke Blue Devils. I mean, what is that? Well, I went to my high school was Red Devils. Mm. I get it. When you picture the devil, it's red, right? But what's a blue devil? Oh, that's a good point. It's the color. Yeah. Like the ice devil? Is that his twin? (laughs) Like, I just don't get it. His twin brother that's the good (laughs) devil? That's a good point. Uh, Kickoff, Kevin? Uh, Let's go with the Philly Fanatic. I think it's just random to Mm -hmm. me. Just his look. You know, that's an interesting thing, too, because when the mascot doesn't actually matter, like Stanford. Right. What is it? A tree? tree. They have a tree. They have... I don't, Christmas yeah, that's tree, pretty dumb. But that, it's year-round. Uh, that wasn't my answer. Oh, yeah. But, that's like, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Toledo. You, familiar, you know Toledo's mascot? What are they, Rockets? The Rockets. The Rockets yeah. yeah. Um, so I hate the Toledo Rockets, first of all. <laughs> I hate. I do. I hate them. <laughs> because we went and Brad Paisley asked Eddie and I to go play a show after Arkansas played Toledo. It, it was in Little Rock. 2015. At War Memorial Stadium. That's funny. And so we're supposed to kill them. And Eddie and I are like, absolutely. So it was somebody, an opener... Eddie and I, the Raging Idiots, and Brad Paisley right after the game. We were supposed to win. We lost the game to Toledo. Ugh. They beat us, and we were miserable. I, was, I didn't want to do crap. It was awful, so I hate the Rockets. I mean, Toledo's f- cool and fine. I was really <laughs> worried that night that you weren't going to go on it stage. Sucked. I, yeah. I boycott. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. Uh, Mike D., name a dumb sports mascot. I can't even think of one. Not a single dumb mascot. No. If I thought someone would go Razorback. No, that's somebody, not a dumb. Somebody gets guy. fired the first yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> Never hear from them again. Uh, Adam Hambrick, a dumb sports mascot. Why is Alabama the elephants? I still don't understand it. I've been it's been explained to me multiple times, uh, but I still don't get it or care. I think a war eagle similar. Meaning, Fair. what's a war eagle? I, I like a peace eagle. eagle, but I like a peace eagle. Like the American eagle. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I forget to pick the kind of eagle <laughs> I like. Uh, okay, we're all stretching out. We got one more. Would your wife? Or Kevin, I don't think you have a, you're not married, are you? No. You have a girlfriend? No, I don't. Uh, would your wife or, you, have, you ever had a girlfriend? Hypothetical. <laughs> have you ever had a girlfriend? Yes. When's the last time? Uh, the last serious one was probably four years ago. Okay. Let's just act like you're still together. Okay, perfect. Okay. Let's do it. He starts, do we have to, though? He starts, That's he, not he starts to get turned on. <laughs> That's not awkward Would your wife rather you be generally a good athlete or would she rather you generally have good fashion sense? If it was just naturally in you. Mike D. Fashion sense. My wife gets on me all the time that I dress like crap. Adam Hambrick? Oh, definitely fashion sense. Yeah. Kevin? Athlete for sure. Thousand percent. Eddie? I mean, I don't dress well. My wife never says anything, and she loves that my boys are athletes. Like, my little kids, they're really good athletes, and she loves that. So I think she would like for her husband to be an athlete. Yeah, I'm going to go with athlete too. Yeah. My wife is extremely athletic. It's annoying. She's so gifted athletic, athletically, and so I think she would like that for kid time, for the kid to. And dear God, if it gets my athletic ability, not hers, <laughs> she's gonna kill me. And I was a pretty good athlete, but she, you know, um, and she can handle the fashion stuff for me. Yesterday, went to dinner, and 
I walked out and all my clothes were laying on the bed. I didn't put them out. She picked them out for me. That's yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, she, she kills that. Like first day of school. Um, so, all right, 25 whistles. Here's why we're named this. Uh, DraftKings was like, hey, let's, I want you to do a show. And I said, okay. And we talked about it for a long time. And I said, I, I don't want to commit to a show for all year. I don't know who's going to do it with me. I don't know if we have the capacity. I said, Let, we'll do a sports show. And we'll, we'll do it till the Super Bowl. And they were like, great. I'll do one a week, which we're doing here. We'll probably do a little more than one a week occasionally. But I said, I'll do 25, and then we're retiring. And so that's why it's 25 whistles. We blow the whistle at the end of each show. Episode's over. And then we got episode two. That's it. Uh, Dan Patrick coming up in a little bit. As I, as I look back at my favorite interviews ever, and like the coolest ones, I put Steven Tyler up there, half hour idea with John Mayer. And I put Dan Patrick because I'm just a massive Dan Patrick fan. You guys all thought it was cool, right? Legit. Yes. It was, yes. it was yes. awesome. So Dan Patrick coming up. And obviously the first episode, we're going to have Sam Pittman, the Arkansas football head coach. We don't really talk about Arkansas football, meaning we don't get in. It's mostly like being an SEC coach, being uh, famous now in a town. All of that. So we talked with Sam Pittman a little bit. I was worried, though, when you booked Sam Pittman. I'm like, here we go. This is going to be an Arkansas <laughs> yeah. podcast. It easily could have been, but I didn't make it that. I, it was could have been any SEC head coach, but I just felt like I needed to go Pittman because that's my guy. Yeah. And I knew I could get him. I just texted him. I mean, honestly. So next know. week, and we get the quarterback's coach? Yeah. 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 Offensive coordinator. Quinn Grovey. <laughs> used to play quarterback for it. Dow Loggins coming on the pod. Let's go. All right, here's what we're going to do. This is a little game we're going to play for the 25 episodes that we do. You don't have to play, but if you don't get in today, you can't play the rest of the year. Oh, my gosh. Right. So what? we're going to play Who Wins It All. So for $1, oh. for $1, you can buy a team in college football. Mm. You can, oh. Somebody else can buy the same team. Okay. For $1, you can buy a team in the NFL. Right now, you can go, who wins it all? Put a dollar in on it, and you can keep that $1 in it. Now, if you change your pick at any time, you got to double your dollar bet to $2. Nice. And you can change and pick another team. Love it. So, that being the case, we'll have to shut it down at one point. Obviously, we'll have to figure out when that is. Maybe it's New Year. Maybe it's because uh, I just made this game up last night. So, <laughs> I don't want you guys to go to Beautiful Mind and figure out how to actually beat the system. Yeah. So, we're going to play who wins it all. Nobody got a heads up. But for $1, you get to pick a team in each. $1 college, $1 NFL, and we'll keep up with it. Um, does everybody want in for a dollar? Absolutely. Does anyone Definitely. not want in? 100%. Okay. That would be so dumb. It would be dumb, yeah. yes. <laughs> How cheap. Let's play who wins it all, and we'll check every week to see if anyone wants to change their mind. Who wins it all in college football? Okay. Now, remember, if you pick a big team, someone else might pick it with you. Uh, you just can't come in on a team that's already picked a week after. Got or it. later. Mm -hmm. So if you pick Alabama right now and you have been changing your mind and go to somebody else, I can then go to Alabama. Okay. But if you have it, I can't take Alabama gotcha. later because gotcha. we got to split the money up in a weird way. Gotcha. Also, I'm making up the rules as I go right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's play Who Wins It All. Adam Hambrick, college football, Who Wins It All? Oh, man. I'm going to – it's hard to argue against Alabama. I'm going to argue against Alabama, though, and take Ohio State just – we can't we can't just have Alabama win it every year, you guys. Well, I mean they didn't. I know. Sure. Yeah, they didn't. I know. Um, Eddie. Give me a dollar for Alabama. Okay. I mean, why not? This okay. is guaranteed money, man. Kick off Kevin. Roll tide. I'm going uh -huh. with Bama. Okay, we got two Bamaers. Mike D. I'm going with Georgia. Ooh. Okay. Pick. You know what? First week I'm also gonna go. Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. You know you want to. Uh, I'm going to go, I do want, I, 
But I just want to be different. Right. I don't want to go three deep on Alabama. Yeah, well, part of my we should have all written though. it down before. Yeah. But I thought if I could read it. Read <laughs> you just came up with yesterday. I know, but I'm just coming up with a game as we go here. By yesterday, he means like an hour ago. Yeah. I'm going to go with Alabama. Yeah. Mm. yeah. After, after all that thought, I still yeah, go to course. Alabama. You can't help it. Okay, so there we go. That's, that's NFL. That money's in one pot. NFL. Ready? Yep. Let's go around the room. Pick your team. It'll cost you $1 to get in. Mike D, you get to go first. I'm going with the Bucks. Kick off, Kevin. See, I want to go with the Bucks too. Yeah, let's go with the Bucks. Tampa All right. Bay. All let's right. go, Mike D. Adam. I'm going Bengals. Okay. Yep. Eddie. Bunch of idiots. It's a dollar. Give me the Cowboys. <laughs> Give me the Cowboys in week five. I'll probably change. I'll probably <laughs> yeah. throw another dollar. I was gonna say when they start out 0-4. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go with the Packers. So that you know, you guys can't hop on the Packers. So I'm gonna sit on the Packers for a little bit. Okay. I'll go with the Packers to win it all. Uh, just we should have like a jar. And have actual dollar bills. Yeah, put we should it put there. it somewhere where people steal from here. Yeah, but it's only again it's only five bucks, so it's like big deal. But <laughs> everybody owes. But there's two, more than just that dollar there. Yes, everybody so, everybody owes two dollars. Yes. So just so I'm clear on the rules, can once we pick a team, we can't, and then we change from that team, we can't come back to that team. You can that if nobody else is on it. If nobody oh. else is on it, but like okay. Alabama's already been picked. Alabama's so. on. So as long if if one of you Alabamaers or me. Move off of it. As long as somebody's still on it, it's not open to take. Okay. If everybody moves oh, off, somebody okay. else can get back on. Got it. it. Okay. But okay. if I were to get in in week four, then the money's all weirdly split up. And yeah. We got to do percentages. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. And if I, that's the rules, and I don't, I have to look back what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Run the tape back. Uh, okay. So we all have our teams here. Uh, I do want to talk about DraftKings for a second because they're awesome and they're the reason that I'm doing this and I've been with DraftKings for a long time. As in, not just spokesperson. I'm not just spokesperson. I'm also a client. Um, so. When we're talking about the futures, the Bills are the favorite at plus 600. So they nobody picked the Bills. No They're one. the betting favorite. Uh, the Bucks are at seven, plus 700. The Chiefs, plus 1,000. The Packers are plus 1,000. And the Rams at plus 1,200. So those are your top five teams right now if you're going to bet. But even picking a favorite this early, because I'm not a big favorites guy to bet, but even picking a favorite, the odds are long enough that this early, there's still some pretty good money there. If you bet mm-hmm. Buffalo at plus 600. Eddie, if I bet buff- if I bet a hundred bucks on Buffalo at plus six hundred, mm-hmm. how much money will I make? So, uh, five dollars. I mean five hundred, <laughs> right? Because it would not not counting your one. Eddie, if I bet a hundred bucks, yeah, you're all, you're almost right. I mean, if it's you're not counting your. If I bet a hundred bucks on yeah. Buffalo plus six hundred, that is how much money? Oh, six hundred dollars. There it is. But yeah. so it's seven, but it's the one in the back. Exactly. Boom, you got it. So we've all made our picks. Uh, but DraftKings is awesome. It's easy to use. You get your money quick back. It's not like some people that we know that go through odd foreign places, mm. and that's a whole situation. I've heard of this. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't be that guy. Uh, yeah, appreciate DraftKings and being a part of it here. Uh, let's do this. I think this is interesting. We already kind of got on a little bit, but we're going to do identify your team in the first episode so you know bias the whole season. Mm. So when people say crap, you know that they have a bias. Yep. Um, I'll go first. I don't have an NFL team. But any Arkansas player I'm biased for, and I'm a massive Arkansas Razorbacks fan, um, but I'm not biased there either, just in case you Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eddie, bias alert? Uh, I don't have a college team. I went to Sam Houston State. Uh, I mean, they're decent at uh, Division One AA. But you're not, FCS. like, following them every week. No, no, no. But on ESPN Plus, they do play some of their games. And if I scan it on a Saturday and they're playing, I'll watch it. I guess my point with this is, if you hear us talking about a team in a segment here, so I guess... Sam Houston State's rocking for some reason. If they're rocking. They ain't coming up. But 
Uh, so no college team, but also your NFL team is the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Uh, kickoff, Kevin. Uh, no allegiance to a collegiate team. I'm like you, where I have teams that I don't like, and then teams that I kind of root for for whatever reason. So that's a bias. Who do you not like? Because I don't like Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> see, I grew up watching them, but I'm not a huge fan. I don't like Ohio State. I don't like. Might not want to hear this. Oklahoma. Uh, I, mean, I didn't um, like Oklahoma either until I had to. <laughs> yeah. Married into yeah, it. Yeah, but now I do. I can't hate them anymore. <laughs> yeah. But Florida yeah. State's another one. I don't like um, Texas. USC. I like Texas. I don't yeah. like USC. Uh, that's pretty much it for the most part. NFL. You have a New England hat on. Yes. Your Patriots. Big fan? Patriots fan. My dad's from back east, Rhode Island. So grew up uh, in California. Your but dad's from. Ro- I've never met anybody from Rhode Island. Yeah. Kevin's just a whole like mystery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike D. Texas. And the Cowboys. Okay. Thank mm. you. I don't hate people from Texas or even individual Longhorns. Just all of them together. They put the brand on. <laughs> oh my god! It's like oh, yeah. it the I'm from Arkansas. I'm supposed to hate the Longhorns. Yeah. Uh, Adam Hambrick, uh, massive Razorback fan. This is part of the reason why me and Bobby are friends. Um, and uh, yeah, I grew up in Arkansas, but a lot of my growing up was in Mississippi. So I was like the only Arkansas Razorback fan uh, within like 200 miles. And so I just like, you know, I just like clung on to that as a kid. So Razorbacks and Cowboys. Razorbacks and Cowboys, but also since moving to Nashville, it was uh, kind of made made space in my heart for the Titans, and so it's can't kind have of multiple like teams. A, can't have multiple can't, teams. You can't have a one A and one no. B. No, mm-hmm. that's you, different conferences though. I this think. was no, 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 not different no. conferences. No. You, sport, you, sure. you can't have two teams. No. no, okay. You can root along for two teams, but you can't have two teams. <laughs> okay, you can have one team <laughs> yeah. or no teams. Yeah. Is that if, is that if you have three teams, you have no teams. You have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. That's true. That's like having multiple favorite teams. Um, okay, so this is our first episode, and we're, today we're going to start, and I'll, I've introduced you to Kevin. Now, I horribly named him Kickoff Kevin because I was just like, <laughs> we've got to call you something. And so it's, it's a terrible name, and I said you can change it, but we didn't. And so in the theme of naming you horribly, I've named <laughs> your segment horribly. So this segment is called Kickoff Kevin's Five-Question Tittle-Tattle. <laughs> Might as well keep wow. it going, right? That makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> That's cool, guys. But this is five-question tittle-tattle. <laughs> where, and here's the rules. Again, we have to do this every time. But Kevin will come and he'll bring me five questions about NFL and NCAA. I will answer it. And if you disagree with me, this is your first shot at the whistle. If I finish and you disagree, <laughs> blow the whistle, and I will come to you, and you can say your part. I like it. Okay, I, we're seeing. I made this up too. And so. I can't. Last night. I, I can't disagree. Correct. You are in no. this. You are the reporter. You cannot disagree. If later we bring it up again, that's fine. But you have to be absolutely impartial. Okay. I like say a, the like question a, and I shut my mouth. Like a good reporter is. Okay. Okay. First question in the tittle tattle, Kevin. All right. Which offseason quarterback in the collegiate world transfer will result will result in the most wins for their respective program? Caleb Williams going to USC. Quinn Ewers going to Texas. Dylan Gabriel to OU or Jackson Dart down to Ole Miss? Jackson Dart's interesting. I mean, all those guys are kind of leaving the same place. It's like it's like Justin Fields and Burrow and one, you know, Ohio right. State, Georgia. They all kind of just shifted a little bit, but that's happening here a little bit. Dart's interesting because that Lane Kiffin system is ready to win a little bit. They have, a, I think, they have a pretty decent shot to be competitive in the SEC West. Um, the 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 kid at Oklahoma is from UCF. Uh, they are good, and they play in a conference that's not that good. So that's a factor. Uh, Caleb Williams is awesome. I watched him a lot because I watched a lot of the games with my my wife last year. And when he came in, he took over for Spencer Rattler. It was the the win over Texas when they came back. They won that. Game. He took over the whole game. Yeah, 
that was pretty awesome. And who's who's the other option you get? Oh, oh, you Quinn were, Ewers, yeah, Texas. He, so, he hasn't really played yet, and he so. hasn't even won the job. He's going to be the quarterback, but he hasn't officially won the job yeah. yet. At least as we're recording this, uh, he's the kid from Ohio State. He got a million bucks. I think to sign and pieced out. Amazing. Which is going to be interesting too with Manning coming in, Arch Manning next yes. year into Texas. Yes. Now, if he doesn't play, which they're saying he's not going to freshman year, that kind of works out because you also have this year and next year, and then maybe he goes pro. Mm-hmm. That way, he can sit for a year. Spencer Rattler's another option in South Carolina. Yeah, I thought about him, but he kind of had a down year last year, so I was like, oh. Yeah, by down year, getting, getting uh, replaced? By, yeah. 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 And leaving? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was the odds-on favorite to be the first-round draft pick this year, though, yeah. Yeah. at one point last year. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, from your options, give me your options one more time, just the quarterbacks. And Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams at USC. Yeah. Quinn yours at no, Texas. No. Dylan Gabriel to OU. I'm going to go Gabriel at UC. Gabriel's a good quarterback from UCF. Yeah. Um, and I think OU of all those programs has the best shot to actually win a lot of games, win that conference, and possibly be in the playoff. So that's my answer there. All right. Who blew Uh-oh, it? who blew the whistle? Me. Adam blew the whistle. All right, Adam. Because Caleb Williams, he's got a way easier road, man. The, the Pac-12 is, is just not as good as the Big 12. And I, I, can't, th- I can't think of more than three teams – that should beat USC. Um, and so I, I think they're going to at least win nine, nine games. They have to win nine games. I think Oklahoma wins 10 or 11. They might. I, I don't know who's going to beat them. Texas will – listen, tech, I know tech, Texas has got a, a first-place vote. Texas is always just a crapshoot. So, and then they still have to get by Baylor. They have to get by Oklahoma State. And, and I don't know that they can win those under first-year head coach. Those are all, like, really good programs right now. I would agree. No, I don't agree. But Venables has been in Oklahoma, so it's not like that's all new to him. He was defensive coordinator there for a long time. Um, I'm still going Oklahoma. You blew your whistle. Now you're, yeah, you're off the show. That's it. I tell you guys secretly. <laughs> anybody who blows their whistle, they're out of here. All right, that's my answer. That's number one. Give me number two. All right, do you think Rams quarterback Matt Stafford's sore elbow will be the downfall of L.A.'s chance as repeating as Super Bowl champions? I mean, downfall, no. I think it's going to be something they have to watch, and I think they'll have to play a little different because of that. I think they'll probably not be able to run their offense as freely as they possibly would want to, even if he's feeling pretty good. I think they just gotta they have to monitor it and take care of it, even if it's not killing it. That tendonitis sucks, yeah. and I never even had it at, at, at a level like that. But I had it, and it for four months I had it worked on, dry needled. I had it, I did everything to it. Um, so downfall, no. And their defense is so good mm-hmm. that they could actually keep them in it. Or not even keep in it. They could actually still win a whole lot of freaking games. So, no. And I think Stafford will probably be fine at the end of it. Huh? It's not like it's throwing elbow. It's at, He's coming off reconstructive surgery. Right. So, I'm going to go. They're still in it. They still have a chance. All right, next one. Okay, old faces and new places for the wide receivers this year. Will they have over or under their 2021 totals? We'll start with Tyreek Hill with receiving yards in 2021 had 1,239. But Tua is his quarterback, and I know a lot of people hate Tua, and they say he can't throw. I've been watching some Dolphins practice videos, and well, I'm only seeing the ones Dolphins want me to see. They've been looking <laughs> yeah, pretty good, though. They've been looking pretty good. That. That's it. <laughs> Really, you're basing looked, it on that? They've been looking pretty good. I'll be honest with you. Like, Tyreek just runs past everybody. Hey, was it on Instagram? Yeah, yeah it was. It was. It was on Twitter, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with under only because it is Tua and not Mahomes. Uh, they're going to real. I mean, Waddle's so good. Yeah. Here's the thing about Miami, though. They've got a couple elite wide receivers where the Chiefs didn't – Chiefs had a great tight end, but I don't feel like they could open it. Waddle can fly, too. 
Like you got two of the fastest guys in the NFL. Yep. I'm still going to go under okay. because of the quarterback and not because I think I like Tua, but Tua is not Mahomes. Right. So I'm going to go under. Give me another one. All right. A.J. Brown, 21 or 2021 touchdowns had five over or under five this year with the Eagles. I think he has more. I think his quarterback situation is slightly improved. I don't think that he's going to a quarterback that's going to change his life. I think he's got money that'll change his life now, Yeah, which is the Titans didn't want to pay him. For sure. Uh, but I, I'm going to say more because I think he's going to be more of a focus in that offense. Where Tannehill, they threw a bit, and he was. they tried to make him the focus. They tried to make Julio the focus whenever he was not hurt, but he was also hurt a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go he's going to have more in Philadelphia. Okay, and Devontae Adams, 2021 receptions had 123, over under 123 this year. Uh, under. Uh, just because Renfro's there, uh, that system he he will get he will get a lot of balls, but um, you know between Renfro, uh, Devontae Adams, uh, the the tight end in, in Vegas is really good Waller. too. Waller yeah. last year came out and kind of came out of nowhere as far as the production he had. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with still no, but I think they have a lot more options, and I think he'll. He will perform wonderfully, just won't get as many catches. Okay. Uh, all right, next question. All right, former Pitt wide receiver Jordan Addison, who transferred to USC this offseason, recently said, I definitely felt like I got drugged through the mud with the media after catching scrutiny from leaving Pitt to go to USC. Is this new era of college football free agency bad or good for the game? If you worked at a business, Eddie, let's say you work at a business. Yep. Uh, let's let's call it Eddie's Cattle Company. Love it. It's weird that you work at your own company, but no, that's cool, though, man. I love cattle. And Eddie's Cattle Company made ten bucks a year, and that was what everybody made. And it, great. My company makes ten dollars a year. Just follow me along. I'm okay. keeping the numbers low and easy. Right, right. Killing it. And Eddie's Cattle <laughs> Eddie's Cattle Company, the next year made twenty bucks for a whole year. You like doubled. Oh yeah. Doubled, right. Heck yeah. I mean, it's, yeah you, let's it's, do this. It's, Eddie's Cattle Company's growing in popularity. You just you've signed. Uh, different little deals for your cattle to go to certain places now. Wow. Uh, now, five years later, Eddie's Cattle Company has gone from 10 bucks a year to $1,000 Let's year. go! You're, there's so much money coming into the cattle company. Now, do you think that the people that are doing the work to make that money deserve to be paid more? You're asking me as the owner of my Eddie's Cattle Company? I'm asking you as a person sitting right here. Do you think the, the people that are actually making the doing the work should be paid a little more for the job that they're doing that's making more money? Treat your people right. Yes, they will work harder for you. So this is a, a macro perspective of that. Yes, he's been dragged through the mud. He, that's, on, that's on him, though. He's basically a free agent. He'd let that be known. People were bidding for him. Um, players should make money because the NCAA is cr- – college football is crushing. NFL been killing it for a while. They're making so much money in college football. The TV deals, you're about to have a billion-dollar yeah. Big Ten yeah. deal yeah. A bit with a B. Billion-dollar. And so – but the only people who shouldn't get paid are the people that are actually doing the work. So I'm a big, we should pay people for what they're doing. And I understand people going, well, this is college football. I, I like it the way it used to be. The only other <laughs> thing that I could compare it to was the, it was controversial when they started to give athletes scholarships. Mm-hmm. Because even back then, they were like, wait, you're going to pay, pay for their college to play? They should just play the sport for the love of the game. It's the same thing. It's just more money, and you and more people know about it now because of social media. You're you're paying them with a free education. Then college football didn't make a whole bunch of money, but now it's killing. And so he was dragged through the mud. He deserves it, but he also deserves what he gets on the other side of it, the good stuff too. Right. Yeah. So that's the name of the game. You're public. You're making money. You get dragged. Through, I get dragged through the mud all the time. Do I deserve it? 
Sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I, but I'm a big NIL fan. I think profit revenue sharing will be a thing with players. Yeah. I think players should be paid. And your question was, is it fair for him? Hey, do you think it's good or bad for the game going oh, just, forward? Yes. Oh, it's good. It's good. good. They'll Definitely. figure it out. It's Wild West right now. It's a little too wild. Mm-hmm. But you got to go full Wild West before you can shut it down a little bit. Yeah, true. All right. All right, next question. Is this the fifth tittle-tattle or fourth? This is the last one. Okay. Fifth and final one. The last three champions in college football have come from the SEC, and Alabama is the favorite again. If picking today, are you choosing the SEC or the field come January 2023? Well, the SEC is probably going to have one in it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just doing odds here, not about Alabama or Georgia. But if the SEC has a person in the championship game, that's still 50-50. Uh, I'm going to go SEC. I'm a big SEC homer. But if I'm just doing probabilities, I would still go SEC. Now, if you said Alabama and Georgia and that's it versus the field, maybe I feel a little different about that. Because I feel like somebody could squeak up and probably surprise one of those two teams on one of the sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Possibly surprise. Those are my two words I'm using. I don't think they will. But the SEC is tough. So I would take the SEC okay. for sure. All right. Hey, kick off Kevin. Terrible name. Tittle tattle. Terrible name for a segment. But not bad. What? The whole segment. And Adam blew a whistle, and he has big balls. And he's done, though, right? He's kicked <laughs> Notice out. how nobody he's blew one out. after that. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, so uh, Dan Patrick, love him. Dan Patrick, radio show. Dan Patrick, ESPN. Dan Patrick, Sunday Night Football. I was honored. It was amazing. And here is my interview with Dan Patrick. Whoa. Dan, <laughs> good to talk to you. I'm big. Good to, good, just young. Yeah. Massive Thank fan. You, just a massive, massive fan. So... You know, when they said you would actually spend a few minutes with me, I I was shocked, first of all, and <laughs> elated. So just a humble thank you before we start. Great. Great. Glad to glad to help. You know, whenever I, I'm doing an interview and I in one capacity or the other, I do them all the day, all the time, either on the radio show or on a TV show. But I I it starts to just be a wheel and you're just doing them as they come and you rarely get excited. Sometimes you're a little more up for one because you know the value of it. But at this point in your career, do you still get pumped about interviews and with who especially? I think if you have somebody who's going to be honest with you because you want to make sure you're not wasting the time of your audience. And I always want to make sure I, if I have somebody on, maybe you don't know who they are, but I'm going to bring out something in them that you would be interested in. I like the challenge of doing that, but it's the person who's going to be honest or most honest that I find interesting. It's the person who tries to dodge what you're asking, doesn't give you much, wants to be very vanilla, then that's where it gets really tedious. Uh, Give me an example of somebody who's great that you know, all right, we're going to do it and they're going to be awesome. Charles Barkley's always great. Uh, Reggie Miller is always great. I find that if, you know, my guests know if they come on the show that this is what we're asking them to do. Don't come on the show unless you're ready to really give something, reveal something. But it's up to me sometimes to kind of extract them, that from these guys. They get interviewed more than anybody. When you think about it, athletes are interviewed more than anybody. You know where they are, you know, uh, every day at practice, um, you know, before a game, after a game with the NBA. You have to have an approach that is refreshing to them. And they're competitors. And I find I got to compete with you to get an answer out of you. John McEnroe said, you got to work harder to get a better answer out of me. And he was right. This was early in my career. And, and I never forgot that. Sometimes you got to work harder to get a better answer out of somebody. Do you feel like you're a better interviewee because you interview so many no, people? No. no, because you know what I'll do is I'll critique your questions while you're asking them. And it's not fair to you, but. I've given so much thought to interviewing. When I was at ESPN, 
I did a seminar that was five days, eight hours each day on interviewing. It was the best thing that ever happened to me in my career. But it's the worst thing when you start to listen to radio or you listen to somebody on TV doing interviews because you're listening for the things that they're not doing what you were told to do to bring out a good interview. Uh, Open-ended questions, short question. You know, that first question, what are you setting up for the next question for your last question? What are you trying to get at? Like there's a strategy to it. And I wouldn't have known this until I took this class. Uh, it was a guy named John Swatsky out of Canada. He was the master of the interview. And I was fascinated by it. Uh, I don't know who else, if anybody else was at ESPN, they, they were mad at me because I wanted to bring this guy in to teach us how to interview because I saw an article and people were like kicking and screaming, going to this seminar. And they didn't realize that I'm the reason why they were going there. Cause I wanted this guy to come in and help us. You know, when you talk about the ESPN stuff, I, and, and I didn't have a lot of questions about that and I still don't, but it makes me think about, you know, my whole lifetime of, of watching you on ESPN and even rock and roll Jeopardy, which I was a big Jeopardy guy and a music guy, obviously. And then, you know, watching on Sunday nights and I would come home from the radio show and, and watch your radio show, you and all the Danettes, like just a, a massive fan. But, you know, I, I've started to realize that I, as a public figure, people think they know me at times more than they actually do. And they'll come up. And, and so, you know, one of the things that I'm most curious about is like, if you go to your house and I feel like I know you, but I obviously don't on a personal level, like in your house, like what is your favorite picture in your house? Which if I just ask that question, what is it? Who's in it? I'm a big fan of the artist Wolf Kahn. He passed away. I think he was just over the age of 90. And you can't be in a bad mood when you look at a painting of Wolf Kahn. Now, pictures, uh, there's a picture of my daughter in the library where she's in Galway. And she's in a, a mud puddle. And she's probably 11 years of age and she's got mud all over her. She's throwing mud in the air. She's got the biggest smile. And it's one of those moments that you just go, that person is having a great day. So I, I, I tend to gravitate towards you feel better after you, you see that picture and you see a painting from Wolf Kahn. What about if I ask about sports? What personal sports picture do you have? Either you're somewhere or with someone that you look at and it's not, it doesn't mean as much because obviously that's your daughter, but it's like, man, that was a great moment either in sports life or my life. I was in a boxing ring. It was a fight night in Arizona and I was the host and we were honoring Muhammad Ali and we were going to give him this ring. And Muhammad Ali is standing next to me waiting for me to give him this ring. And I'm describing to the audience what this ring signifies and i'm going to hand this to muhammad ali and you know that this was probably uh 20 years ago but you know parkinson's the onset of parkinson had started there and i just remember in the moment i'm thinking i'm going to give a ring to muhammad ali and and i i sort of fanboyed that i was like i got to get this out of my head because I sometimes that's the problem. I have too many things I'm thinking of when I'm doing something that I shouldn't be thinking about. But that moment where I look and I go, who would have thought that a kid came from a small town in Ohio is there with Muhammad Ali, honoring Muhammad Ali. And I'm, it's never lost on me where I came from. And uh, growing up in a big family, that I came a long way 
but that you can come from a small town where you never would have thought you've gotten there. So it brings out a lot of different thoughts, memories there of you're still this kid who's from Mason, Ohio, but you got here. Don't forget where you came from. Yeah, I'm from Mountain Pine, Arkansas, population 700. Uh, so similar uh, instances, you know, growing up and there wasn't a lot of resource where I came from. So how, what showed you and who showed you that there was actually a path to greater, even though you couldn't quite define greater? I think I was too naive or stupid to let reality sink in that you can't do this. I, I, I didn't have a plan B. So when people said, oh, if you weren't going to be a sportscaster, what would you be? And I'd be like, I, do, I don't know. I'm guessing bartender, but I, I didn't know. And I had been rejected in quite a few places. I lost a job, a local job in Dayton, Ohio, and I was distraught. So I'm, I'm 26, 27. I don't have a full-time job in sports. And that's old in this business to get started. And I thought, I'm never going to get in. I, I was doing uh, morning drive radio, rock and roll station. And I thought, this is what I'm going to be doing. And an ex-girlfriend said, just come down to Atlanta. I said, I don't want to go to Atlanta. She goes, no, just come down here. CNN's hiring. I go, I just, I, I lost out on a job in Dayton, Ohio. I'm not going to get a job at CNN. So I go down there. Lo and behold, I go in there. Last day I'm in Atlanta. Give them my resume tape. Guy says, when can you start? So if I don't go to Atlanta, I'm not here. I mean, I'm somewhere, but I'm not here. I, because CNN, I was there for five years. And after that, I went to ESPN for 18. So I always tell people, right place, right time, but you better be right about what you, you have to know. Like you have to know it if you get that opportunity. And I'm sure that at some point, Somebody wanted to see if you knew exactly what you needed to know. And you did, or you wouldn't be seated there. Like we get those moments, but be ready for the moment. And, and that was something that stayed with me, stays with me. I tell that to my kids all the time. Be prepared, be overprepared. Even if you don't get it, you'll still show that that person, you, you show them respect by being prepared. You mentioned 18 years at ESPN and, uh, I worked on American Idol for four seasons and I would talk to some of the old contestants from back when Idol was so big and, but they said they, they didn't know it. They couldn't feel it because they were in it. Now ESPN was a culture, especially yeah. for me. Was that situation similar because you guys were changing culture? Did you know it and could you feel it then or was it its own bubble? We were cordoned off. Absolutely. And I think that's by design by management. They didn't want us to be bigger than those four letters. Not that we could be, but they didn't want us coloring outside the lines. Management even told me on one occasion, we don't want another Chris Berman because Berman is the most important person in the history of ESPN. But he was sort of, you know, a hot air balloon that was higher than everybody else, but still tethered. And they didn't want that. They didn't want that to happen to me or Keith Oberman or Stuart Scott or whoever you want to throw in there. So they, they, they didn't want you to be a personality. Um, so I think that that was kind of eye-opening that we were getting honored, mentioned. Uh, people came up to us when we saw them, when we were out at ev uh, events. But we weren't in New York or L.A. We were in Bristol, Connecticut. We didn't run into anybody. But when we did, 
then you heard the impact that we were having. And you kind of juxtapose that to management. We never knew our ratings. They never told us. They didn't, they didn't want to empower you and say, you guys are really kicking ass here. It was like, uh, yeah, you guys uh, solid and improving, you know, <laughs> kind of doing a good job there. And you're like, damn, I thought I thought we were good. But that was that was eye opening there that management wanted to kind of keep us under their thumb. Uh, final question about the ESPN days. And as far as when who is would you say is your BFF now from those days, if you had to pick one? Oh, I would say that I correspond with Rich Eisen more than anybody else. The people I really enjoyed were producers, associate producers, the makeup people, uh, camera people. Those are the people I always enjoyed being around. Nobody wants to be around talent because all we do is talk about ourselves. I wanted to be around the people who were just normal or as normal as possible in our business. And those are the people I'm still in touch with, uh, more the producers than the talent there. But uh, probably Rich Eisen. Where does conference realignment end or where is it in five years uh, from where you sit right now? I still think we're headed towards an AFC-NFC model with college football where we just say, let's let's pull back the curtain. Let's not kid anybody. This is big time business. Have revenue sharing. Um, Going to treat them like they're professionals, which they they are. And I think you might have 30 teams in the NFC version and 30, say a 60 teams, let's say a 16 team playoff. And, you know, you might have relegation where maybe the 60th team drops out with the, the team that won the national championship in one double A or, or something that creates excitement at the top and the bottom. But I, I do think we're headed towards, let's just have the 50 or 60th, 60 best college football teams actually compete for a national championship. And then you have everybody else after that. With the fluidity of realignment or even NIL, like let's do five years in the future there. What's different about the NIL structure in five years if you're just playing psychic than is today? Well, the coaches have to embrace this. You know, when Kirby Smart at Georgia signs a $10 million a year contract, but then bemoans the fact that we're paying these players $100,000 or $200,000. Like, have a dose of reality here. Like, you're getting paid and you don't want them to get paid. It, your job is tougher because of name, image, and like. Plain and simple. These coaches, I don't care if it's Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, whoever it is, this makes your, you know, the transfer portal and name, image, and likeness makes it difficult. But when a source says to me, you know, the going rate for a running back is this price. The going rate for a quarterback is this, and the going rate for a wide... Re it's almost like you have a list, like a menu, where you go, how much is the steak? It's this. Uh, you know, how much is that? It's that. That's where we're headed with all... We're already there. So I think embracing name, image, and likeness, maybe you kind of put them all under the same umbrella. Maybe you're you're paying them. Maybe there's a salary cap that you have. I I got... You can't say that won't happen because look at where we are now. Who would have thought Texas and Oklahoma would be in the SEC? UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten. So you can't say, well, that'll never happen. Because in college football, it could happen. And I think as we move forward with this, how much are the players involved in this 
do we come up with legislation that limits this? I mean, you still have to you know, declare this as income here. So it, it's got to be above board. And I, I think that that kind of takes away the uh, if you take away name, image and likeness, Bobby, you're going to have back to the old days of cheating. This is just above board. It's like, hey, would you give him one hundred thousand dollars? OK. Whereas before, it'd be like, uh, did you hear what Eric Dickerson got at SMU? He gave him a Trans Am and they gave his mom a house. You know, that that was always the kind of whispers behind all of it. Now it's above board. Like Zion Williamson. I don't know what he got at Duke. But he got something. Right? Yeah, but you know what I mean, he's getting with the Pelicans. Yeah. 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 But, it, you know, these guys get money. It may not be from the school, the coach, but the shoe company. So I... It's here. It's been here. Now, at least it's above board. Uh, but five years down the road, I, I don't know what the going salary is going to be. But a a star quarterback is, you know, he's going to get a NFL like they're making more money when you factor that in. Alabama's quarterback Heisman Trophy winner made more than the previous quarterback at Alabama, Jalen Hurts, playing in the NFL. So he makes more money at Alabama than Jalen Hurts does in the NFL. Crazy, but that's the reality we have right now. And the fact that it snuck up on all these chancellors and presidents and athletic directors is like mind boggling because it was there to see. Final three questions. Uh, okay. Talking about quarterbacks, you mentioned Arch. Uh, there's not a lot of, not a lot of Arch, not just tape, but not a lot of Arch data. He's not competing against other quarterbacks. Uh, at that high school level, he's not going to camps. Where, what do you see happening with Arch Manning? Well, that's a lot of hype. You know, Bryce Harper lived up to it. LeBron James lived up to it. There, there have been players who live up to the hype. But as far as an NFL quarterback hype, boy, this is up there. I mean, this is bigger than Eli or even Peyton, the hype living up to, you know, Archie Manning at Ole Miss when he was up for the Heisman Trophy. I just wonder, can you be good enough where people go, man, he's everything we thought he was going to be? Like Tiger Woods was everything we thought he was going to be and then some. Serena Williams, everything we thought and then some. I don't know if Arch, because it's based off of the people around you. He, he's relying on that. Bryce Harper goes to the plate. It's Bryce Harper. LeBron James can have the ball in his hands. Uh, Tiger has a club in his hand. You know, Serena has her tennis racket. Arch is going to have to, how good's his offensive line? How good's his wide receivers? Like those, is, is his defense any good to stop anybody? Those are the things that you have to factor in. And I wonder if he'll be able to live up to that hype. And I doubt it because that hype is so much, so big. Uh, you mentioned the word source. How hard is it to have a source that's telling you something, but you can't say it? And you almost have to act like you don't know it. For the most part, I don't want to know if I can't use it. I say that. To And I'm fortunate, having been in this business for almost 40 years, you meet people that you trust because you can go back to them uh, or they'll, come, they'll, they'll let you know if you're right or wrong on something. But I, I don't want to know something that I can't even hint at because then I'm, I'm not being then it's gossipy. And I, I don't want to do that. But it is a tough situation to be in sometimes if somebody goes, hey, you can't use it. And I'll go, then don't tell me because I don't want to know. But when they're like. You didn't get it from me, which is different, but uh, sources can be tricky. Uh, last question, and this has really been a treat for me, uh, way more for, for so for you, because I'm sure you've 
rated this and given it a low grade this is what you do. And as soon as you said that, I was like, God dang. And now I'm going to actually feel like I'm being critiqued during the interview. I didn't feel like that going in. But final question is, uh, you know, I'm about to go through a big contract negotiation here with a, uh, uh, right? So, okay. you know, All and right. it's, 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 it's quite the monster. I'm not going to lie to you. What's, what's the, what am I, what am I not knowing to ask for? What is it you don't have? I don't know. I'm doing pretty good, Dan. <laughs> yes. I always look at it this way. I loved for 15 years being at ESPN and I, I could have gotten jobs outside of it, but I loved what I was doing. But you can't tell them that you love it so much that you don't factor in what you're worth outside of what you're doing, if that makes sense. That, hey, on the open market, what would I be worth? Take care of me here. And I always took less, but I didn't have any, I didn't want to do anything else. So do what you love. And it's really hard to find that. Because if you let money be the carrot that's in front of you, you'll always chase it and you'll never be satisfied. But if you have people you like, you got, you know, they make sure that the people who are surrounding you are good people, fun people. I love seeing my guys every single day. We just laugh. I mean, you're serious when you need to be, but we have fun. I enjoy them. And it's 20 years for some of these guys. But I think that's the moment, you know, that you got to kind of go. And if you say to your wife, what do you think? Because sometimes it, my wife is the smartest person. And, you know, you get somebody on the outside kind of looking at all this because we get too close to the sun and you don't want to be Icarus here and, you know, go down in flames. So do what you love as long as you can do it. Or you can just take a shitload of money and then run with it. Bob. Yeah, I was hoping for that, like airplane or money. Or that's all, that's uh, so, hey, listen, Dan, I, I'm just yeah. massive fan, just massive, and thank you for your time. And um, you know, that's all. And I know you got a busy day ahead, so thank you very much. And one day, hopefully, I hope I can touch you soon. What you know? I, what I, mean? I, yeah. I would. Uh, yeah, and I hope we cross paths. Congratulations on all your success. Thank and you. I, I, I think that it, it's not by accident. You know, but I think that that's important as you move move forward. Don't forget the kid from a small town in Arkansas because staying humble because this business will bite you in the ass quickly. Thank you, Dan. Have a good day. Thank you, Bobby. All right. Awesome to have Dan Patrick on. Uh, you guys follow us at 25 Whistles uh, Instagram. We got like five pictures up. I hate going to an Instagram page where they don't have the, even the Thing covered it's still white under some of the pictures oh yeah you feel like such a loser you're like who would follow that and i'm like please follow us uh so that's up a, a story i will share with you guys and you can tell me if i'm a weirdo or not and i want to pull up exactly what i got here but there was an estate sale from a former arkansas and adam you're almost eliminated from this because of your bias okay there fair. was an estate sale from a former arkansas uh sportscaster like probably the most famous in my life, he died years ago in a car, car wreck. Oh, wow. His Paul Eels. Okay. He died. And so his, his, like his wife, his family, they auctioned off a bunch of his stuff. And so I was told about it. So I went over to it. I bought all kinds of stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mike, did you just laugh at that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bought all kinds of stuff like, from like how much? Paul Eels' estate sale. Um, what do you mean? How, how like, much? Like how much stuff did you buy? <laughs> Well, I bought like a couple in the box still, Arkansas Razorback Cheerleader Barbies. Uh. <laughs> are you serious? Like, what are you going to do with them? I don't know. But I was like, one, it's Paul Eels. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't say know. no to that. I don't know. 
And I, for that, somebody started bidding against me, so I started getting competitive. Oh, here I we I go. I spent like 280 bucks on those two Barbies. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not saying. Granny and Sheridan is pissed. So that happened. I bought like some old. Oh, cool. Here we go. Let's see what I got here. Please log into your account below. Hopefully, it'll just show me what all I bought, and this will be easy. I bought like some old sign stuff by nobody that's super cool to anybody but me. Um, like I bought a Houston Nut signed football. He was fired as a coach. That's cool. Yeah. I bought some old uh, sweatshirts. They're like extra 2X large. You'll, that, will you wear them? Uh, nightgowns. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I bought like seven things. Is it weird that I went through a Sportscaster's estate sale and bought a bunch of Razorback stuff? Kickoff, Kevin? No. I mean, some of the stuff that you bought for sure, like the Barbies, may be a little weird. Questionable. But, but going or buying stuff from the estate sale... No. I mean, that's somebody that you, as your, you said your childhood, growing yes. up, he was a big impact in your childhood and you're a big sports fan, big Arkansas fan. So totally normal. I bought the football fever package, a bunch of sign crap. I bought the 40 minutes, 90 sweatshirts, 40 minutes of hell. They were extra, extra large. I'm, I, I, I'm not going to wear that. I don't know what that means. Yeah. What's 40 minutes of hell? Nolan Richardson's ba uh, basketball. They play, oh. they full court press the whole time, the whole game. Oh. They would just run people off the court. <laughs> I bought the two it's Barbies. Very insider. I bought the, yeah. <laughs> Makes for a good story, Yeah, so no, he, if nothing else. He died. I bought it. I should get it in the next few days, and I think it's pretty cool. Most importantly, what does your wife think about all this stuff? Well, here's the thing. Hmm. I didn't tell her. her. I, well, well, wait. Oh. I didn't tell her until I already bought it all, and it was already on the way. <laughs> Dummy. Because I did tell her, but and her response was, "Why? what are you going to do with it? And I was like, I just want to have it. And she was like, okay. And so I, I had, and she said, look. If I didn't know you were so responsible with money, I would go, why are you buying that? You just wasted money. She goes, I know you're responsible, but I also know you're extra rabid. And that's just what I deal with every day. So I will bring it in and let you guys know. I'm going to let you touch some of it. Okay, oh, cool. I want to touch the Barbies. Uh, one, <laughs> <That's final. weird. laughs> uh, one final one here. Costco selling individual game football tickets in South Carolina where you can go through Costco and they have boxes. And it's like buy individual game tickets, which I thought was pretty legit because... If they're like, hey, buy individual game tickets, usually you're like, I don't know. If you're a casual fan, you're like, I could get my phone. I don't know who they are. But if you're going through, they're in a package at Costco and you're in South Carolina and you're like, oh, I'd like to go to this game. You, it's tangible. You can buy it. Wow. That's pretty cool. And people were giving them crap. I thought it was brilliant. So but if you're in South Carolina, you want to go to a Gamecock game and they may actually be pretty good this year. We shall see. They played well last year at the end of the year. They have a good coach. We'll see if Spitzer Rattler's a really good quarterback. Regardless of what happened, He's still a really good quarterback. We'll see what happens in that system. Um, so those are those two. Uh, we're going to get to the Sam Pittman interview now. We didn't talk a lot about Arkansas specifically, but he is the head football coach at the University of Arkansas, and it's awesome to have him on. So here it is, my interview with Sam Pittman. Coach, how are you? Man, I'm doing great, Bobby. How have you been? Hey, I've been good. You know, I've been trying to catch some practice reports. Like at this point before the season starts as you guys are in camp are you more nervous excited are you always thinking football now is there a switch that flips on yeah I, i'm really excited about um the progress of guys from spring ball to now i'm really excited to see the new guys you know the ones that weren't here uh, there was only four of them but you know the guys that weren't here uh see them participate see how good they are see see them grow but yeah, there's a big-time excitement around Fayetteville and certainly in our building and through our players about, you know, the season. I'm not going to ask you to name anybody, but it's always coming out of high school into college. Heck, just as a student, it's overwhelming. 
much yeah. less you're 17 then you go 18 years old and now you're you know competing for a spot against 21 22 year olds any of these freshmen in your time that come in they're very heralded and they get there and they're like i don't know what's happening like I, yeah. these guys are all bigger and faster yeah it happens all the time but you know, you can wear yourself out anxiety-wise. The first day we went out to practice, it was 115 heat at index. It's hot out there. Uh, but you you combine that with a, a new guy that has anxiety, uh, they're all over the place. The next day it was 112 heat index, but they were much better. Uh, you know, so anxiety, that's a little bit, uh, Bobby, about going over into the stadium on a Saturday. You're going to have a lot of anxiety if you're not prepared or you don't know, uh, if you are prepared and you know, and, and you've taken the, I hope we win to, I know we're going to win because I'm prepared in this. Uh, I think you play a lot better. So these kids that come in, we didn't put a whole lot of value into day one, uh, day two, a little bit more day three. And of course today will be our fourth practice. If a hundred four-star freshmen come in, just yeah. play with me here. A hundred four-star freshmen come in. How many of them will actually, of the 100, be physically and mentally ready to play game one? In our league, 10. Wow. Maybe. You know, maybe maybe 15. Not not more than that, I, I wouldn't think. Now, play, play, start, start play, probably 10. Uh, play, play, probably, uh, you know, some type of special team or something like that, maybe 35 or 40. In your history of coaching – and it could be at any level. Can you remember a freshman that came in and you're like, oh, this guy's immediately ready to play, and then he immediately played and was awesome? Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas was a tackle out of uh, Georgia who I knew he was going to start in our top five fast, early. Uh, not necessarily off his high school take, Bobby, but when he got to campus, uh, he started at right tackle, first game of the year, played three years, fourth pick in the draft. Yeah, that one I that one I knew. What is the coolest thing about being a D one coach that a head coach that you did not know? Meaning you've coached a lot of places for a lot of time and done a lot of great things, but you still didn't know blank whenever you became the head coach, University of Arkansas. How awesome going into a locker room is after you beat somebody that name somebody's got a name, somebody's got a good football team. How many employees <laughs> that there is in the building? You know that the. Those things were surprising to me, but the awesome part of it was going in and seeing the kid's face after you win a big game. It's incredible, priceless, can't put a value on it. It's really cool. So for me, as I was, you know, uh, rising up whatever ranks, I started <clears throat> to learn that the higher I got, it really was, I wasn't doing all the little things as much. I was kind of uh, doing big things and watching over people that I trusted to do the, the little things. Um, not less important things, but just more of the things. Was that an adjustment for you being the head coach is not being so super involved daily in, in schemes and game plans? I treat our coaches exactly like I wanted to be treated as an assistant. You know, I've got a title. Uh, when I was assistant, I wanted to uh, make sure that I did what I was supposed to do. I wanted the coach to think I was the best coach, best recruiter on his staff, most loyal guy. So, I treat those guys like that until, you know, possibly they give me a reason not to. Uh, but I love my staff. I've got a really good staff, and and I, 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 I visit with them. You know, you can really have anxiety over if somebody doesn't talk to you. You know, uh, well, what's he thinking of me? Am I doing a good job? 
I let them know. Uh, I visit with the guys all the time. I want them to be as comfortable as they possibly can be because I want them to to coach out of uh, confidence and not out of nervousness, if that makes sense. When you go into a season like this season where you've had two seasons in a row where you know there's been a different feeling about the team. Obviously, year one, you're the uh, first-time head coach, uh, not a lot of expectation, um, and you know it was a weird year anyway with, with COVID. And, and last year, uh, we overperformed a lot of folks' expectation. Now, here we are. We're going into it again, and there are now real expectations put on you, put on the, the Razorbacks, put on the state of Arkansas. Like, do you still have to find, like, dig through and find somebody disrespecting you to go, look at this, they still don't think, or do you just reposition on how to motivate these kids? Well, you know, our expectations, and, and I'm, I'm not lying here, not stretching the tr- truth at all, our expectations have been, high ever since we walked in a building. I mean, they really have. And uh, so that, that's that been a, a big deal for us. Uh, if I see, Bobby, honestly, if I see a, a ranking that has us ranked 15th and one that has us not ranked, I'm going to talk to the team about the not ranked one. I mean, I'm not, I am. I'm, I, I, we're an underdog, you know, a blue chip, hardworking group of guys. And I want to, I'm going to find every reason for us to stay that way in the public eye. And, and, uh, until I guess until you got ranked number one, you know, you, you'd have that ability to put a chip on the guy's shoulder. And that's, that's, I like to do that. I think that's who we are and we thrive on that. Has fame been weird for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really has. I, I get, um, 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 a lot of times you you may or may not feel the same way, but a lot of times people come up, they want to touch you, autograph, or pictures, whatever that is. And I'm and almost every time I'm going, I wonder why they want to do that, you know, but I also know that when I want to meet somebody that I, I either walk away going, man, that guy's a jerk or man, that guy, he's really what I thought he would be. And I always want him to walk away from me with the feeling that, hey, this is what I, who I thought this guy would be. I mean, in Arkansas, you are wildly famous because the team is in an upward trajectory, and we feel like that's going to happen for a long time. Obviously, we love you very much. Um, but with that, there is everybody watching you everywhere you go. Now, mm-hmm. what's cool about the level of fame that you have, at least I think, is you could probably go to uh, San Diego and everybody's pretty chill, and you get to live more mm-hmm. of a normal vacation life if because nobody's hassling Coach Pittman from the Razorbacks. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. I mean, um, here in the state, though, you know, I have a home out on Lake Hamilton, and I can get away somewhat, but not not much. Uh, of course, when we put the hog out there on the lake, it kind of told where we lived, you know. But um, I'm very, very grateful for that. Uh, I really am. Uh, I never get discouraged or – frustrated with people coming up and saying hello because uh, I'm very honored that they want to meet me or be around me or whatever that case may be. How often do you eat then you find out someone's already paid your tab? Man, it's happened quite a bit. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, it really has. And and uh, some people aren't even at the restaurant. They'll, you know, somebody will call and say, Coach Pittman, Jamie's here. And, and uh, they're not, they hadn't even been at the restaurant and they pay for it, which, by the way, is awesome. Which other head coach in the SEC would you say is your, your BFF, if you had to pick one? Uh, Kirby. Kirby Smart. You know, that's, that's the guy that uh, has really taught me 
uh, a lot when I was there. He's 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 loyal to to me as I am him, uh, but he's a guy that that would be my my friend, uh, my best friend in in coaching. Is there a text thread of like the cool SEC coaches and you guys leave, leave a couple guys out? That's what I do. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, you probably, you know, hopefully I'm not the one they want to leave out of it, but uh, that, yeah, that is awesome. There, there are days when, you know, if you had that text thread though, you'd add a guy back into it, take another guy out, add this guy, take <laughs> another guy out. But uh, no, there's not one of those, but certainly, uh, I think everybody at some point in time would take a guy out and, and leave him out for a while. Is it true that if you're buddies with somebody, and I'm sure you have a lot of, uh, a, lot of a lot of peer coaches in the SEC, that you guys will not communicate the week of or the week before if you're playing each other, or or you fine either way? There's a lot of truth to that. You know, um, you know, Mel Tucker was at at Georgia. Shane was at Georgia. Um, Dan Lanning was at Georgia. You know, I think if we played, of course, we played Beamer's team to South Carolina, but I don't think it makes a whole lot of difference. Um, you know what? It depends on how close you are. If you're real close to them, you probably don't mind talking to them. If you're semi-close to them, then you probably you probably won't talk to them the week of the game. Have you ever played Madden? Because I wonder if you played Madden, and let's say you didn't actually use the controller, but you just, uh, like someone played for you, but you told them what plays to call and what defenses to run. Do you think yeah. you could watch somebody play Madden and dominate them just based off of what you do as a head coach? <laughs> no. I mean, now Barry might and Kendall might. Scott Fountain might on the punt when they <laughs> need the punt, but I I would now if it was uh, – Coaching O line, I'd probably be yeah. okay and all that, but no, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. That would be the worst video game ever. Coaching O line, I, I don't think Matt's going to put that in. <laughs> it wouldn't sell yeah. many, would it? Uh, how often are the state troopers with you when you're traveling around the state? Is that just game day, or is that all the time? Well, they take me to the catfish hole on Wednesday nights, and uh, I don't know why. There's, it's not dangerous at the catfish hole. I can promise you. Uh, but then they're with me on Friday. And all through the, all through until we get back home uh, after the game, or uh, you know, traveling back on a road game. So I've I've met your lovely wife a couple times, and yeah, thank you. Uh, and you've met my wife, and Amen. you know, at that. <laughs> <laughs> I sure did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Thank I you. Remember. Thank you. I take that as a compliment. Thank you. Um, it, so it I guess, sure was. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, my, I guess my with my wife, I am constantly trying to make sure, and I do not do a good job of it, of having balance. Meaning, I have to remember to f- try to fo- even though she's so supportive, mm-hmm. I have to remember to focus and make sure that I'm not just using my myopic view of only my life and my careers. Mm-hmm. When it's football season, is there a different understanding in your relationship? Yeah, it has been for 36 years. The only thing, Bobby, what I've done for a long, long time is Jamie and I go on a date night every Thursday during the season. And uh, we kind of look forward to that. Now, because since I've gotten a head coaching job, Wednesday night is also she goes with me to the catfish hole. Uh, but Thursday night we do something. It may be at home, but it's it's considered a date night, or maybe we can get a private room somewhere and go go out on a Thursday night. But um, I try to include her in as much as I possibly can because she's so important to me. But she's also important to how I feel and my daily, you know, the way I walk and talk and things of that nature. She helps me with all that. Has for 
36 years. I hope I'm good at it. I, I, I'm conscious to be good at that. Uh, Coach, final four questions I have here for you, and I'm going to start with the NIL. Um, do you feel like it's advantageous to you that you started to be a head coach right as this was happening and you weren't someone who's been head coaching that had to completely adjust whenever, like being born at the same yeah. time this was born? Do you feel like that was good for you? I don't think it hurt me. You know, I, you know, change – uh, guys have been doing something, and you just said it basically. Guys have been doing something for a long time. You know, you either fight change or you go with change and try to find out how you can make it to your advantage. Uh, I'm a guy that when change happens, I'm trying to make an advantage out of it and not be griping about the change. It might be harder if I was a head coach for 20 years and I liked what I had, but um, right now, a rule's a rule, and then you try to go see how it can be advantageous to your program, and that's how I feel about it. Do you feel like players are acting different because of the NIL? I think they're thinking different. Um, I don't know acting, but I, I, they are thinking different because, you know, recruiting and also your own team, uh, you have a lot more conversations about a name, image, likeness than – uh, the math class or the, you know, you miss study table, things of that nature. They won't talk about NIL, and I won't talk about graduation more. Let's talk about parents. Um, and uh, Right, you're talking about graduation. I'm sure that's a big part in recruiting when talking to the parents or the grandparents or whomever the, the, the central figures are. Um, I get a lot of parents that ask me, like, hey, I got a kid that's really good at football. How do I get a coach to see a tape if they can't get to a camp or they can't get to some of the things? Like, how does someone yeah. highlight their kid if they think their kid is really good? Well, first of all, I think that's a, the, the head coach's job, you know, or their school. Uh, the other thing, there's not a social media. How, the, how about that? That's the answer. Uh, get it out on Twitter, get it out on Instagram, TikTok, whatever it may be. Um, but for right now with huddle the way it is and our coaches being able to go out twice in the spring, uh, you know, there's not many unturned stones in recruiting, but how they could do that is if they can't get to camp is get tape and have, um, uh, have the coach promote them and have themselves promote them on, on Twitter, on, on social media. Yeah. I feel like I was really missed there. I didn't get to the camp. So I feel like I was really just kind of passed <laughs> that's over. That's what happened and what social media yeah, wasn't. Well, so, that's Twitter. right. No, no, barely my space, you know, and nobody was <laughs> doing it off that. All right. Two final questions for you. Uh, right. Favorite TV show, movie, and song ever in your whole life. You got movie, oh, TV man. show, and Forrest song. Gump. Forrest Gump would be movie. Uh, uh, what, what, what was TV show? TV show ever. Oh, man. Uh, Gilligan's Island. <laughs> 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 Loved uh, Marianne and and, uh, yeah, I figured that and the Skipper. Yeah, Marianne um, mostly. You figured that one. Yeah. Really, I like Gilligan. Yeah. I kept thinking he was going to get off the island too, man. They never did. And then uh, favorite song? Uh, I, I'm i going to go currently. I like Country On. Uh uh, Luke Bryan by Luke Bryan right now. I, I mean, I like it. It's got a lot of good, cool meaning to it. Uh, it hit one of the ones that hit you in the heart. I, I like those kind of songs. All right. Last one for you, coach. I appreciate your time. But uh, my wife being from Oklahoma, we, we just yeah. spent uh, the last four days over in Oklahoma near Tulsa. And um, so I, I, I never liked the Sooners, but I'm having to adjust to not hating the Sooners. And that is an adjustment. Um, yeah. And so I, I am actually very excited about them being in the conference because 
that's just more games that I get to go to. Mm -hmm. So I, what, 2026 is when they're probably in? Do you, and I'm not going to ask you to speculate yeah. a year or anything, but do you think it'll be sooner than that? Right now we're told probably they'll come in in 25. Um, do I think there's a possibility of it? Yes, I do. Um, but right now I think the SEC is pretty steadfast that, you know, financially, um, you know, they're going to be a big pay uh, buyout uh, by Texas and Oklahoma. And if, I, I'm assuming if they're willing to do that, then it might uh, speed up a little bit. But right now we're told uh, 2025. Coach, love you. Good luck. Uh, you know, this is a national show, so I'm not supposed to be biased, but I, I, I'm the most biased person in my whole life. I have an Arkansas helmet on my desk here. I mean, that's on camera. So uh, let's get them. I'll see you soon, and thanks for your time, Coach. Go Hogs. Appreciate the interview, Bobby. Thanks you, for your time. Go Hogs. All right, ending thoughts. Everybody has one sports take. I don't care how trivial it is. This is your chance to say your opinion. And – Funny, predictive, serious, doesn't have to be long. Um, we'll start with Adam Hambrick. Adam, the new guy here to the room, what is your ending thought? Oh, man, a lot's being made of this coaches poll right now, and uh, is the SEC having a down year? I'm going to go with no. Why? What's being made of the coaches poll? Uh, there's only five SEC teams uh, ranked in the coaches poll. And uh, I think that's, you know, that's an opportunity for a lot of conferences to say, hey, the SEC is not as good. They're, they're not going to be as good. Um, a couple first-year head coaches and all that stuff. Um, but what I think people are missing is, like, there might be a first-year head coach at Florida. Um, but Florida is still Florida. They're still going to be loaded with talent. Uh, Tennessee has a has a uh, fantastic quarterback, Hennon Hooker. Um, and LSU, like – LSU's got Brian Kelly, and they all they always have talent. This year um, they'll probably suck. They but, they but probably will. I mean, they, Saban went six and six his first year. Brian Kelly's a great coach. This year they'll suck. But they're, but they're still when you have athletes on the field, like you never know what's going to happen in a given weekend. I think there all those question marks, and there's still all the talent LSU uh, and Florida and these other teams that aren't in the poll. Like there's still going to be opportunity for a lot of chaos and a lot of like. Uh, you know these teams are still going to have high ceilings that maybe they could that maybe they could reach, um, but they're also be probably inconsistent all that stuff. But I think everything outside of Alabama and Georgia, obviously, everything is going to be competitive every week, and it's going to be a really fun year to watch. And then you have teams like my Razorbacks coming on. Uh, they're going to be tough, hard nosed, blue collar kind of teams. Uh, you got Ole Miss, who's going to they're going to win football games. Kentucky's going to win football games in South Carolina coming on all that way below Alabama and Georgia, all the way down to maybe Vanderbilt and Missouri. That middle is going to be a really tough, tough road to hoe this year. I think it's going to be uh, as tough as it always is. So no, I don't think it's going to be a down year in the SEC. I think Kentucky can beat Georgia. I think they, I think they can. I don't think they wouldn't, but I think Kentucky can beat Georgia. I think Tennessee could possibly, if the whole freaking world turns exactly right, yeah. they'd have a shot at it. But I think that's a bit of an unfair headline when I saw the, an article, too. Like, SC down, only five teams. Like, teams 26, 27, 28, 29 are all SEC teams. Right. Like, mm -hmm. emote votes getting. Right. Um, so, uh, and Christmas comes slow for kids. Water is wet, and the SC's overrated. That's, Those are all facts. That, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, what, 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 what? Universal truths that people <laughs> say and feel. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, not all. <laughs> uh, let's go to Eddie. Give me your ending thoughts. Oh, you're not going to like this, especially since two people picked the Bucks to win the whole thing this year. Look, the Bucks. this is, and I'm not being funny, the Bucks will start this season 0-4. 
and it's going to shock the world. There's going to be, oh my gosh, Tom Brady got Who are their first four games? Their first four games, they start with the Cowboys. That's a, that's a loss. They'll automatic. They'll automatic. They'll automatic. They'll that is an automatic yeah. loss. One Trust me yeah, on that. Here we go. And a shocker, they're going to play the Saints. They're going to lose that one too. And then they go to the, I think they have a better shot to lose that one though than the first Absolutely. one. Absolutely. I think because the Saints have owned them the last couple of years too. Stupid take. No, you don't blow it all. Stupid oh. takes. Oh, I don't. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> and then week three, they play the Packers. They'll lose that. Week four, they play the Chiefs. I'm telling you, 0 and 4, their first win will be against the Falcons. And it's going to have the NFL going, oh my gosh, what's going on with Tom Brady? This is crazy. I can see 1 and 3, probably, probably, if you're asking me, 2 and 2. I think Green Bay is going to be interesting to see if Lazard's the number one wide receiver that they hope he is. I think to see who the guy in Kansas City is that's going to catch balls. On the outside from Mahomes is going to be fine. It, somebody, it's going to be somebody. Mahomes mm. is too good for there not to be somebody. Yeah, right. It's like when Peyton Manning. It didn't matter who. It didn't matter if it was Eric Decker. It didn't matter. Peyton Manning made somebody a fantasy star because yeah. he just had some. Um, so that'll be interesting. But I, I think they could be two and two or three and one. Yeah, I mean, I, I like how you're certain that they will be. I'm not the certain Cowboys anything. Week. I'm not certain anything except mm. they're going to be the Cowboys except for week one. That's yeah, except for week one. Uh, let's go to kickoff, Kevin. Your final ending thought, kickoff, Kevin. All right. Clemson had what people called a down year last year. They still went 10-3. and three. Uh, Quarterback DJ Uwe Ungalele. I'm pretty sure I said that right. Man, you killed that. Yeah, that wasn't bad, yeah. huh? Yeah. And uh, he was one of the favorites coming in to win the Heisman. He had a down year as well. I think he had 10 interceptions and only 9 touchdowns. But I think they bounced back this year because the ACC is getting pretty weak, especially with Sam Hartman out for Wake Forest. And I say he is the best sleeper bet for your money. He's at plus forty five hundred right now. Wow! So if you put your money, I actually put twenty bucks on him this morning. That a boy. That'll pay me nine hundred if he wins. So wow. DJ, do it for me. That's interesting about Clemson because yes, everybody says they had a bad year, down year, but they lost them early. But yes. they were over in everybody's mind. They yeah. really played well for most of the year. After that, they did have a down year. Clemson standards. Also, they're not going to. They're, they don't mess with the NIL, really. That's a weird thing. They're not yeah. big. Yeah, they, into, don't, they don't do it at all. Yeah, they're just like, I, they're probably, a, who knows? Who knows what's going on over there? But I think I think that's a, actually a, a great pick on the that plus 4,500 or so. Yeah. Come on. I mean, yeah. it's, it's worth I mean, five you, bucks. You throw too. five bucks in there, yeah. Win a couple hundred bucks. You did 20. I did 20. Well, he's rich. I yeah. know. You'll pay for those tattoos. Super, that's right. <laughs> Somebody, something has to. Uh, Mike, what you got? Final one. I think the fate of the Razorbacks depends on what you do with the stuff you got from the estate sale. Meaning? That if you take it and actually do something with it, they'll be great. If not, then it's going to be a bad season. They're all going to sit in your Dang. room, right? What, what am I supposed to do Putting with it? Putting the pressure yeah. on you. Why'd you buy it if you're not going to do anything with it? I just don't want anybody else to have it. I wanted it to be treasured. <laughs> well, now you got to use it. I want it to be taken care of very much so. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then my final take is going to be, I think that if Ole Miss finishes second in the West, and I, I hate to say that, I think Lane Kiffin's a real candidate for Coach of the Year because the media loves him. And if Ole Miss can be competitive with Alabama, I don't think they'll win the West. But if Ole Miss, I think... Lane Kiffin has a real shot because of their fat infatuation with him. And he's on TikTok now. He's kind of killing on TikTok a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. I think that all kind of plays into it. I think Lane Kiffin doesn't have to win the national championship. But if he can win 10 games, he could be the coach of the year this year. Um, so we're going to end this show. But before we do the whistle, we I wanted to end on Skinner Simple Man just because I like that intro. Oh, yeah. But we can't because licensing issues. But Mike found oh, a version called oh, what, Mike? Complicated Dude. <laughs>
Really? It sounds kind of like it, but not really, but we have access to it. <laughs> no, that sounds like complicated dude. Okay, here we go. This is what, when I do my final thing here, Mike's going to play complicated dude from now on. Okay. Go ahead. It does sound yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks. This is our first episode. Uh, the credits will come up in a second, and usually I'll do my ending thought over this, but I, I now get to choose who had the best show, the first, first day best show, and they get to blow the whistle, and that'll be the first whistle out. Um... Mike didn't have a mascot. It's a tough game to play. Yeah, so he's, he's out. The stretch, yeah. So he's yeah, out. He's done. Done. Uh, uh, Kevin, solid job today. You're still in. Thanks. I kind of kicked Adam out of a segment because he got a little too Arkansas way. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes things happen. So, Adam, you're going to be eliminated from this. Fair. Uh, Eddie? Yeah, you're looking at you him. You did great. Uh, you did great. By the way, go dude. listen to the Sore Losers. They're on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, they're on the Nashville Podcast Network with us. They're like our cousins, except... It's like a crossover episode. You're like Urkel on Full House, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. I just pop in sometimes. Yeah, you're like, eh, mm-hmm. I want Full House. Yeah. Did I do that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, pretty good episode, Eddie. While also setting up the studio for the first Thank time. Thank you. I'm getting my whistle ready. Yeah. But in the end, I give it to me. I, I perform the best. Really? No, I, don't, I can't do it. I can't really? do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll put it to a vote between the three that didn't win. Mike, who is it, Eddie or Kevin? I'm going with Eddie. Yeah. Oh, come on, Mike. Mike D. Adam. I'm going to go Kevin. Oh. That last take was strong. Adam, strong You take. know what? There we go. I'm going to go with Kevin, too. Yeah. Overall, I thought Kevin, first time on, Kevin's going to be a big part of this show. This is our first whistle. 24 more to go. Kevin, you blow the whistle, and we're out of here. Another Cowboys loss for you, Eddie. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Theme song written by me, Bobby Bones, and performed by Brandon Ray. Brandon's an awesome artist. Follow Brandon on socials at Brandon Ray music thanks to our guests and thanks to our crew my co-host adam hambrick at adam hambrick our segment producer at kickoff kevin our video producer at producer eddie head producer at mike distro most importantly thank you for listening i'm bobby bones and we will talk to you next week on 25 whistles